Well, are you ready, kids? Because you're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 68 for the week of Wednesday, 12th of June, 2013. I'm John, and with me tonight are... Ben. And Eli. And this episode is brought to you by the wonderful folks over at ShelfLife.net and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toy of the Week is Bandai's Monster Art King Kong action figure, and our discussion topic is another entry in the fabulous series, Greatest Toy Line of All Time, and this time we're checking out Palisades, The Muppets. Howdy, 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 gents. How you guys doing? Good. good. Thank you. Good. I, I want to start off. We've got a bit of uh, sad news. Uh, Scott's not here with us. He's apparently uh, pretending to be uh, Winnie the Pooh eating honey by eating cheese out of small vats um, all across the countryside over there. So he's not with us tonight. Uh, so. We've seen the photos to prove it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Ben, what have you been up to for the last time since I talked to you? Uh, what have I been up to? Not uh, not a huge amount. Um, uh, actually, one of the things I've been doing lately, um, just for something different, in, I'm really lucky in my job that um, I get to listen to music sort of while I sit at my desk and work away at my computer, et cetera. And um, I guess like a lot of folks, you know, when you've got your iPod or whatever, you can just sort of pick and choose, you know, what album you want to listen to. And, and I'm pretty... Um, um, yeah. you know, when I listen to certain bands, there's certain albums that stand out. But I thought for something different, I might actually start picking bands and just listening to their entire catalogue in chronological order, like start to finish. And that's uh, been something pretty cool. So I've, I've been working my way through things like um, Metallica, ACDC, uh, Dio, um, Kiss. Ooh. And I just recently finished uh, Judas Priest, which was very oh, wow. Yeah, listening just in order, in, in the order that the albums came out, and it's been a lot of fun. Hmm. Oh, that sounds like fun. Yeah. Sounds like fun for sure. Yeah, but next up I'm a bit wary because um, next up on my list is Motorhead, and uh, I think they just released the same song like 257 times. <laughs> yeah, you could have done uh, Boston, you know, that would have taken, what, they only have four or five albums, so that would have been... Yeah, no, no. I, I have to confess, I'm, I've, I've been picking the bands that that I really want to listen to because, I mean, you know, things like say, you know, Bob Dylan, I've just you just got to skip over because you get you get like three or four albums in and, and just want to off yourself. So. <laughs> I, I typically, uh, you know, about probably fifty percent of what I listen to is Jimmy Buffett, so he does okay. a lot of. He does a lot of live albums, and yeah. if you if you don't do it right, you'll end up you know you'll hear Margaritaville like two three times in a row just because <laughs> you know he always puts that on there. So yeah, which I don't mind, but you know it gets a little a little repetitive. So I I tend to seek out his his other stuff. Yeah, but 
Well, now that now that we're done with the music hour, Eli, what have you been up to? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I almost left off, um, picked up where we left off with uh, my daughter screaming at me. <laughs> this this week this weekend was interesting. I thought I had grand plans of um, uh, taking the kids for a quick journey into into Sydney town to have a last ride on the monorail. Ah, yes. The monorail's coming down in a couple of weeks. Ah. And the plan fell apart because of various reasons, but I thought, okay, well, we can just go for a walk up to um, the local shops, go to the music store, because I needed to get a couple of um, guitar stands so that we actually have instruments out. And um, So I thought I'd take the kids along, and I said, if you're good kids, maybe we'll go to the game shop afterwards. <laughs> anyway, there was a incident involving... Um, my daughter insisting that I go and pay somebody for some water and then going into the game shop and wanting a lollipop. And I had intended on going in there buy, and buying a game that we could play with her. But uh, guess which family left the shop empty-handed? <laughs> wow. Yeah. You're just mean. Yeah, yeah, totally. You're just mean. <laughs> uh, Not Scott mean, but... No. Uh, that's a whole new level. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, John? What have you been up to? Well, um, Breaking Bad, the first half of season five came out on DVD on Tuesday and we, we finished the, uh, last episode and that set, set on Thursday. Okay, nice. <laughs> and now you're hanging out for the rest of season five? Yeah. Now we're just kind of hanging out, waiting, waiting now. So we're all caught up. Well, um, you, got, you got less to wait than most of us had to. Yeah, actually that's kind of worked out pretty well. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, I, I have to say again that I'm really impressed with the special features on on those. They they've really you know went above and beyond, and and there's like this one has three discs and there's special features on all three discs, not just oh here's some stuff we tacked on to the end to fill up you know oh. the last disc. So hmm. um, if you if you haven't watched it on DVD, there's actually some really good extras in there, and they they go into like each episode and kind of give you a little you know hey this is the behind-the-scenes stuff for it. So There's a couple of little Easter eggs with that site. So there's a couple of websites. Um, there was um, uh, what's Walt Jr. when he had the, yeah, the, fund, the, the save, fundraiser website. The Save Walter White one and then yeah. mm -hmm. um, Better Call Saul's out um, there as well. Better Call Saul, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah and they so. were quite... Um, I, I don't know about recently, but so early on they were very big on their little webisodes. Mm. They're, they're sort of four or five-minute you know, features on the website. Those are all on the DVDs as well. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure because we haven't went back to some of the earlier seasons to watch all the special features yet. But I'll have to check it out. No, it was good. It was good. Nice. Anyway, now that we're we're all caught up on the other stuff, let's let's talk about some toys because you know that's why people come here to listen. Maybe I don't. Fair know. enough. Apparently, write in and tell us. You want more banter? You want more toy stuff? We'll do a, we'll do a segment on it. <laughs> All right, let's go to some articulated news. Duke in trouble! Scramble the Storm Eagle! But G.I. Joe Storm Eagle has a hidden water cannon that shoots up to 20 feet! But the Cobra Liquidator's making a splash, and the Parasite's launching catapult missiles! Mobilize the Patriot! It's the G.I. Joe Patriot with a huge mortar cannon that really fires! G.I. Joe Patriot, Storm Eagle, Cobra, Parasite, and Liquidator sold separately. I found the Barracuda, but Duke's gone. So glad you could join us. 
Well, before we get to our main features, we start each episode with a bit of news, and um, we're getting up to that time where SDCC's out and about, so we got a lot of SDCC news to talk about, and, you know, we got a couple other things that maybe caught our eye, uh, we happen to notice, um, you know, don't look for every bit of news here, we just don't have the time, so um, we're just going to tell you what we like. Anyway, Eli has our first bit of news tonight, and why don't you start off, Eli? Yeah, so we've got a few pieces from DC Collectibles that have been announced this week, um, some of which uh, people are happy with or are not happy with at all. Um, the And most of it is because it's to do with New 52, I imagine, is half the problem or, or probably 80% of the problem. So the first one we've got is um, the New 52 Deathstroke figure from... Um, it's in their six-inch line... And it does not look anything like the Deathstroke that we know from um, the Marv Wolfman, George Perez uh, invention. This is um, a, it's not a Rob Liefeld creation, is it, Ben, this new no. version? Um, I'm trying to think of the guy, the name of the guy who kicked off the art on the, on the series. I don't know whether it was mm. um, Bennett. Something Joe, like that. Joe Bennett or someone like or that. Philip yeah. Tan or something. Anyway, it's um, it's a different version. To be honest, I actually like this for what it is. I have not read any of the New 52 stories, so I can kind of abstract myself from it. But it, um, it it's an odd piece. It, it doesn't look like DC um, yeah. hero villain lore of old, obviously, because it's New 52. No, I mean, it maintains the same colour scheme. Mm. Um, so, you know, at least, you know, that much is still there. But I, I guess they've just taken the, the modern brush to it and given it a good sort of wash over because he's, um, you know, Deathstroke's costume was, you know, I mean, it was reasonably chunky. He had the big pirate boots and, mm. you know, the few pouches and... and bit you know, of, bit of uh, fish scale. Yeah, and he's, he had his assorted weaponry and stuff like that, but they've just taken it up a, a complete, you know, another level and he's got his spiked shoulder pads and he's got his little Batman um, sort of uh, spiky fins off his gloves and mm. for some bizarre reason he's uh, he's got spikes on his on his boots, on his shoes, which I'm sure would make him the boon of his soccer team. Um, but, um, oh, look, I think... Maybe, maybe that's why they're there, so he can go interrupt soccer games. Yeah, look, I was reading the new Deathstroke title and um, I was actually quite enjoying it. They, they didn't change it that much from the old universe. Um, really, all it was is that, that in DC New, Deathstroke was considered a bit of a has-been. Um, so he was sort of um, you know, taking some jobs to prove that he, he still had what it took and that he was still to be feared, etc. Um, but they did get a little bit of um, story to his costume in that, um, you know, his his mask is essentially a helmet now, so it flips up like Iron Man, and that basically just, you know, helped him, um, you know, to be that little bit more impervious to injury, etc. But, look, you know, it's um, it's not one that I was overly excited about. I thought the um, the sort of the George Perez Deathstroke costume was one of the best designs um, ever, mm. and um, to see it sort of, you know, ramped up like this for the sake of ramping it up, I, yeah, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty indicative you, of the whole new 52 revamp, though. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what this reminds me of? Is the uh, Asbat. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, to be honest, 
If it was a completely different colour, if if it was you know if it was two tone green or something, and they just introduced this this guy as um a as a new character, yeah, as a different character, I'd be going, yeah, this this dude's awesome, but yeah, not at the expense of the classic Deathstroke. Mm. Okay. Um, other things that uh, are not um, classic in in uh, our eyes, I guess, is the uh, New Fifty Two Swamp Thing. Um, so that one's been announced this week with a... Well, actually, I think it's actually been seen before, maybe at New York, but it's it's been um, released with a new video and it will be given a release date of later this year. It is a massive Swamp Thing figure uh, that is supposed to be in the six-inch scale along with Destroit figure that we've been speaking about. Um, but this thing will stand at uh, almost 10 inches tall and it will have wings, which are part of the new version of the character that will be able to extend out to about 15 inches so it's pretty pretty massive wingspan um lots of articulation and a couple of accessories so a bit of a shield and sword thing that are constructed out of um the organicness that uh, swamp thing is um it's going to be heftily priced 90 dollars they reckon 90 bucks now I, I find it really annoying when they say this figure is going to be, you know, nine inches tall or something like that. Because is that nine inches to the top of his head, to the top of his antlers, to the top of the wings? I, I think it's probably to the top of the antlers. Mm. Um, yeah, but it's, it's it's hard to actually know. I mean, who knows? How many you know, plants have wings? Well, I am, I mean, I read the new series up to about issue 12 or 13 and I don't actually recall there was any big story behind the wings. That's just a new um, uh, mutation. So who knows? Mm. Antlered helmets always say the knight who says knee to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Yeah. But look, I'll um, as I actually think I I'll, I'll buy this if I could find it for a reasonable price. But uh, ninety dollars is not reasonable for me considering what I'm going to have to pay in postage. I was going to say that's an awful lot for a six-inch scale action figure. Yeah, I mean, would you pay ninety bucks for um, the Shining Knight's horse? No, no. So why would I pay that much for a winged figure? I'm not quite sure how they figure that. No, no, I mean, yeah. But there's always things to do with pricing that we don't understand. Like, for instance, um, was it just today or yesterday that uh, DC Comics um, digital pricing? So typically they had a bit of a program where after one month, new comics will drop a dollar in price for the digital version. They've decided to um, stretch that out to two months now. Mm. No particular reason other than to say that, you know, it's still new model and they still think it's a consumer-friendly model. And I don't know how they can say that, but it makes no sense to do that. They make, they're selling more digital. Yeah, yeah. Oddness. Um, one other DC collectibles, well, it's not really DC collectibles, is it? It's Kota Bakia. The Artifacts um, range of New 52 statues, and this one is for Shazam. Last week we reported there was a teaser image for it, and we weren't holding out much hope. And look, I'll be honest, it's better than I was expecting. Yeah, me too. It, yep. it's, it, it's an intriguing figure. Um, it's, I think it's better than what I've seen in passing for the new comic 
character, the new 52 character. However, um, yeah, I just wouldn't get it when there's so much other... Um, Why is he so thick? I mean, he's like... Mm. Wa- I mean, most people are like wide and, you know, bulky in the shoulders, like, left to right, but he's... He's pretty hefty in the... In the he's in the wide front... Well, he's front to back. He's, like, too thick. Yeah, it, it is interesting. That is that is one of the curious things about it. And I, I look at that and find that that's kind of not... It's a little bit um, shocking because usually you don't see superheroes shaped this way. Um, well, you know, he no, has he the strength like, of Hercules. Mm. Well, that's fine, but he doesn't have to like look like he's been drinking Paps Blue Ribbon down you know, in the trailer park every weekend. <laughs> <laughs> What's really curious about this is it's obviously based on a, a heavily muscled anatomy, mm. and so you've got the really detailed abs on him, yet his, his leg muscles... Um, it's a little bit you know, crossed over, isn't it? Yeah, like his his quads are really sort of soft looking. You think you'd be able to see that teardrop, you know, around the knee and a lot more mm. definition, but uh, it's missing. But the thing that I that gets me with this is, I mean, I understand he's been remodeled for DC New, etc. And um, look, I'm not I'm not big on the new sandals. I'm not big on the the new cape with the hood and everything. Mm. But um, and but I can live with those, you know, fine. But the one thing that seems to be really missing is that that C.C. Beck feel, yeah. um, you know, Captain Marvel, as I know him, um, he he had that look. I mean, you know, there used to be those those jokes about, you know, like in the world's finest stories where Bruce Wayne and Clark Kent would swap identities so that, you know, Superman could actually be seen in, you know, two different places, et cetera. Uh, sorry, could be seen, um, you know, together. But, mm. but they've really taken that away and if anything to me he just looks like black adam he's got that hair slicked back he's got the widow's peak um you know he's pointed ears away from being you know the caucasian black adam Hmm. yeah anyway it's not the worst thing out of new 52 um other than (laughs) in the books it looks i mean this actually looks like like i said it looks better than the character is in the books and i was actually curious as to whether his cape is that long in the books but i don't really care to find out (laughs) it's it's quite accurate yeah Mm. all right i'm gonna leave um dc briefly um so we talked a lot about the hot toys uh robocop stuff last week and just as an update to the um, hot toys robocop there's been an exclusive version shown with him in a um, docking station so a mechanical chair so have a look at that one if you are keen but um, this week NECA has teased um, their own version of the um, ed209 figure and this looks cool and probably more affordable for me definitely Definitely. We think about probably thirty bucks, forty uh, bucks. Uh, forty, I would say. I assume it'll be boxed. I I, I can't imagine yeah. it's coming blister carded. No. no. Um, yeah. So this thing looks, I would say, probably ten, nine, seven, nine, ten. ten. No, probably nine. Nine, I reckon. If if that Robocop that it's standing next to in the images we've mm. seen is about just a bit over six, six and a half. Yeah, I'm very keen for this, very excited. I mm. think and it just looks fantastic. Yeah, so we'll be looking forward to seeing more of that figure. Yes, we will. All right. Must be my turn then. 
Yes, it I is your turn, Ben. Would you like an <laughs> intro? No, I'm good. I'm good. I'll run with it. Sorry, um, John. You should have, you should intro, Ben. It's your show. I, I, it's not my show. <laughs> it's our show. Uh, just, and you just tell me when I should talk. Know, ben needs no introduction, so. Without further ado. All right. Yeah. Well, from our friends at Sideshow, we got a sneak peek this week at a life-sized Green Lantern bust. Um, this has been a only in the last few days, um, so we haven't seen a full solicitation for it. Um, just that sort of one sneak peek kind of um, kind of thing. Now, um, you know, Sideshow, I've been to DC for, or oh, must be close to sort of over 12 months now. Um, and this is not the first of the life-size busts. We've had a, a Superman and a Batman solicited, so this is the next one in the series. Um, I mean, you know, looks good. It's it's Hal Jordan. It's classic costume. Uh, looks to be a little bit of metallic paint uh, in the green there. Not overly um, done, though. No, no. And, I mean, it looks nice enough if this is your thing. Um, uh, life-size busts aren't generally my thing because I don't have the space to display them, but um, they certainly seem to be you know, knocking them out of the park with the detail. Mm. It's nicely textured. Um, as well, uh, what else did we see from Sideshow? Oh, we've got a, a first look, another teaser um, piece, and that is a Sinestro uh, premium format statue. Now, the um, both Scott and I are quite excited about these premium format statues, and um, I, I'm pretty sure I complained a few weeks ago that um, they've uh, solicited three three villains so far and they've all been um, Batman villains and so just you know on the heels of that comment we've now got our um, our first shot of Sinestro now this one um, need no further proof that it, they're listening yeah well that's, that's a great right yeah we're having our an effect um What's interesting about this piece is it looks um, very Ethan Van Syver. Um, Ethan Van Syver was the artist um, who sort of helped resurrect Hal Jordan, amongst other things, when Jeff Johns um, did his Green Lantern stuff. And um, so, you know, it, it, he doesn't have that sort of classic Sinestro look. Um, and, I mean, that's even more represented by the fact that he's actually in his um, his Yellow Lantern costume rather than his sort of classic um, blue and black outfit um wondering what the variant will be i assume that um it's going to be the sinestro cause uniform regardless and mm. um the the exclusive on the hal jordan figure was a um uh, an interchangeable sort of construct fist so maybe they'll continue with that just looking at the logo on his chest and correct me if i'm wrong but is that logo is not from the original yellow lantern costume is it it's it's a, a blackest night brightest day construct isn't it um it's hard to hard to tell yeah i, I think it but, looks all right though yeah yeah certainly a lot of detail um the green lantern uh piece was um one of the first ones that didn't actually feature any fabric pieces, unlike the Batman and Superman pieces. So um, it'll be interesting to see whether that sort of uh, follows suit. So, But I'm very excited about that, so I'll be keeping an eye out for the uh, the pre-order for that one. Um, last up from Sideshow is the uh, G.I. Joe Cobra Commander, the Dictator, six-scale figure. So Sideshow have really been going great guns with their 12-inch um, their G.I. Joe figures. Um, and the latest one is uh, is Cobra Commander. Mm. Now, John, what do they mean by the dictator? Is that just I, you know? I, I'm not a hundred percent sure what they're going for here because 
on Cobra Commander before. This almost looks more like his kind of classic uniform, because I'm thinking the other one was more of a double-breasted mm. uh, jack. But I know they've done a hooded head before, but this one looks like they may have changed it up a little bit, so I'm not sure what the difference is. So as a G.I. Joe person, are you a um, uh, a helmet or a shroud person for Cobra Commander? I like them both. I actually prefer the hood, um, just because, you know, I never saw him as somebody that's really going to go into battle. Mm, mm. That's what you got flunkies for. Yeah, so. Fair hmm. enough. All right, well, this guy comes with uh, his scepter. He comes with a ceremonial cobra dagger. Um, you probably shouldn't be carrying around a ceremonial dagger, should you? You should probably be carrying around a practical one. Um, uh, he also comes with a broom-handled morsel pistol, so keeping, you know, no doubt the Nazi theme, theme, multiple gloved hands for commanding and conquering, apparently. Um, there's an exclusive version. Uh, if you want to get that through Sideshow, you'll get an, uh, an exclusive laser pistol. Uh, he'll set you back 175 US dollars, and he's out. Now, they're from... showing him with the throne. I'm assuming the throne's not included, though. No, the um, Sideshow have actually been releasing separate diorama pieces yeah. for their 1-6 scale figures, which um, they've done some really good stuff. Because I was thinking that price was a little higher than what their other G.I. Joe releases has been. Yeah, but... it certainly hasn't mentioned it. I do know the, the diorama pieces are actually quite pricey. Um, in the past, you're paying a significant amount for for that privilege. Uh, moving forward, we've um, seen some uh, San Diego Comic-Con 2013 exclusive reveals from Hasbro, um, the first of which is uh, the Marvel Universe Deadpool Taco truck set. Um, and I've uh, given up on Marvel Universe, but I tell you what, this just looks... Hilarious. Yeah, um, I, rec- I reckon I could be busting my Deadpool chair <laughs> trying to get this one. That's right. This is, this is fantastic. Yes. Um, so, you know, we, you're probably wondering, taco truck, what the hell does that mean? Um, the packaging is made up to look like a taco truck, and uh, when you slide out the, the inner tray from the back of the truck, um, you'll actually get half a dozen Deadpool figures um, blister carded, but each of the blister cards uh, effectively looks like a, a taco. Um, so I think there's so only actually three of the figures are in the taco, um, and the rest of clamshell, yeah, loose the rest so, of little packings or something. Yeah, so you'll actually score. Well, there's a whole bunch of figures. There's Deadpool. There's Lady Deadpool. There's the um, what do you call the champion of the universe dude? There's a kid pool, dog pool, and squirrel pool. Now, because of the scale, I think you'll find that squirrel pool and dog pool. Um, and think, yeah, and Kidpool are just sort of like little PVCs, but uh, mm. yeah, that's a that's a pretty amazing effort from Hasbro, and that'll cost you fifty bucks from the Hasbro booth if you're lucky enough it to looks, be going. It looks like Headpool's in in there, even though he's not shown in the group shot. Yeah, there was a looks like he's update, a pack, I think, yeah. A... Yeah, he looks like he's kind of blister carded with um, Deadpool himself. Yeah. So they, I think they said there might, if there's any left, they're going to have them up on the Hasbro. Um, store um, mm. but uh, after our rant about exclusives a couple episodes back I think this one um, justifies the exclusiveness yes so, alright well and, and on. be so. honest for a, for an SDCC exclusive at 50 bucks for what you're getting there that's mm. not actually too bad 
No. I didn't mm. think. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yep. And uh, in continuing on with the G.I. Joe Transformers theme from past years, um, we've seen the the, tran- the G.I. Joe Transformers crossover sets. This um, this series returns for a third and final entry, apparently, and um, you'll get a... Um, 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 where is it? Uh, I've already lost it. The, uh, the G.I. Joe Vamp with a hound deco and figures of um, the Baroness with Ravage, Snake Eyes, Blaster in Boombox mode with cassettes and a Joe-sized Samurai Bludgeon. Uh, and a uh, Jetfire. Oh, and Jetfire as well, yeah. So is that the the cassette deck that turns into a jet fighter, or is that a separate thing in itself? That's a separate thing into itself. Wow. <laughs> I do like the, the promo image where they've shown um, the Baroness holding a leash attached to Ravage. I thought that was very clever. They had done a statue piece of that um, not all that long ago. I don't know if it ever came out. It was shown, but I'm not sure it actually came out. Yeah. That set, um, I mean, I know the other ones have been popular, but they're saying that one's 99 bucks. That's not too bad for an exclusive. I mean, you got, what, Two three, vehicles, four figures? Three figures, yeah. Mm. Yeah. So. I, um, yeah, I, I never usually pay too much attention to the Joe stuff and the Transformers stuff, but this one definitely caught my eye. Yeah, I think they've, um, they've made a, a great effort with that, so. There was yes. some other Hasbro stuff, wasn't there? There was, there was, and um, I'm going to try and get through this one without crying, so just bear bear with me here. But, um, well, yes, we couldn't go through the Hasbro exclusives without mentioning a, a Marvel Legends effort. Um, Hasbro has certainly been making a lot more of a, a, an effort with their Marvel Legends over the last few years. But uh, this year they've offered us a Thunderbolts um, box set of five figures and uh it looks fantastic um you're getting a modern luke cage uh, a moonstone a ghost um a crossbones and uh, i think the the crossbones is essentially a, a reissue um of the aries wave figure only this time they've sweetened the deal by giving him a big ass gun a um, couple of things to note in this is the ghost figure is actually um, translucent so he's made from clear plastic um, this is the modern version of the ghost. Um, and the fifth and final figure, which is the one that just had me leaping for joy, was um, Satana. Uh, and I just I just think that is fantastic that we're actually getting a, a Satana figure. However... Um, Despite the hips. Yeah. Hasbro are erring on the side of caution, and she, um, she isn't actually called Satana um, <laughs> in this. So not, not surprising. Um, they sort of chickened out on that one, so um, I think they're actually just referring to her as um, Judith Chambers, which is her um, her sort of nom de plume. So, but I think it was actually Judith Camber originally, so they've modern, even modernised that a little bit. Ah, um, oh, geez, I'm just blown away by the set. I think it looks fantastic. So I, I think you know I'm going to have to throw it out to our, our dear listeners, and uh, if anyone out there can can help me out. I could uh, love you long time. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, in, in addition to financial recompense, I, I offer back massages. Um, you know, I, I make great brownies. Um, you know, if you can help me out, let me know. Ben at actionfigureblues.com. <laughs> yeah, I think it's, I think it's a really nice, um, 
really well put together set. It's Marvel Legends, so I'm I'm just not that interested because I just haven't been that happy with what I've seen, but that's a personal thing. But very well done on Hasbro three exclusive box sets. Just fantastic job. Yep. Yeah. 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 And fantastic. this one's ninety dollars for five figures and the packaging. That's not too bad. No, that's yeah. not bad at all. And um, given that I've got a, a custom of um, Son of Satan, I just, you know, I'd love to be able to reunite brother and sister. <laughs> so, but anyway, uh, I think that was about it from me. Well, you didn't mention the uh, the gem exclusive. You know, I know Scott I will be looking for that one. Yeah, um, yeah, that one was pretty good. Yeah, we're putting feelers out to try and get him one. Or the, uh, or the My Little Pony. Yeah, I know he was hoping maybe they would do a Glamour Girls exclusive this this time, but they <laughs> won't appear to have done that for him. So keep keep lobbying, Scott. He'll they'll oh, do it eventually for you. Yeah, he'll just be saying the announcement was a total fail. Yeah, that's right. Anyway, well, I've got uh, some exclusive news coming up here, and you heard me talk about Breaking Bad in the opening. If you listen to it, if not, go back and listen to it now. But anyway, um, Mezco has announced. Welcome back after reviewing the start of the episode again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mezco has announced the uh, their Comic Con exclusive is uh, Walter White, and he is in his yellow hazmat suit. Um, comes with some pretty spiffy accessories. Uh, it comes with the fly <laughs> the fly swatter from uh, the episode Fly, a couple of uh, glassware items, and a I'm going to assume jug of acid and a barrel. Mm. Um, all of this is packaged in a Poyos Hermanos uh, sleeve. <laughs> uh, I I like it. Mm. The, the only thing that I don't like is there's no articulation shown in this figure at all, it looks like. No, it looks like a very advanced pick, doesn't it? It doesn't yeah. actually tell us how big it is either. Yeah, is and the big? other thing... The other thing it doesn't say is what's what's exclusive about this, and we, it, you know, I think it's the sleeve for sure. But um, Matt Guzzi had said that he thinks the fly swatter might be exclusive for this. Is it? Well, I mean, if you look at it in the, the photo, it actually looks like it's photoshopped in there. Yeah, it does, doesn't it? Like it, it it's not actually in his hand. It's kind of just photoshopped in, kind of in front of his hand, like it's leaning against him. And if that's the exclusive, I don't really need the exclusive version. So mm. Mm. that could be but it. Very cool, very cool exclusive. But limited to fifteen hundred numbers. Yeah, and that's why I'm wondering what the exclusive part is, and you know, if I can get him some other way, a little cheaper, I'd be be happy with that. Although the price is reasonable on him, he's thirty five, I think. So not, yeah, that doesn't not sound too, too bad. bad. Yeah. I never thought we'd be saying that thirty-five dollars is a reasonable price to pay for a you know six-inch action figure. Well, since you're talking about unreasonable prices, <laughs> I will move on to my next bit of news, which is the Gentle Giant SDCC Honey Trap Whisper statue. Um, which looks to be if you took every Bond girl that's went scuba diving and put her into a statue, this is what this would look like. She's got a a scuba suit on, but uh, hold still because uh, she's six hundred and sixty-nine dollars. Oh, that's so, crazy money! She's she's two guy. feet tall. She's hmm. two feet tall, and uh, looks like there's a ton of detail and accessory, you know, uh, detail pieces oh, added yeah. on. That scuba uh, tank is insane. 
<laughs> yeah, oh, you were that, looking at the scuba tank, right? Um, <laughs> the thing that caught my eye on the statue is there is a snake tattoo that looks like it covers a good part of her body that you can see. Um, it wraps all the way around. That's yeah. That's the best way to say it. So, can anybody uh, explain to me what the um, this honey trap whisper stuff is? Do we need to explain it? <laughs> is that is that a is is it just a line of sex dolls? I, Two feet <laughs> sex dolls. I I, I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> it's limited to a hundred pieces. Uh, are, are there enough people into um? Two foot sex dolls that they get a hundred sales. Oh, I reckon a hundred pieces would be pretty easy to sell. Yeah, <laughs> it is yeah. very nice. It, it's very nice. It's very detailed. So I just noticed the uh, translucent um, swimming costume on her as well. It's a nice detail. Everybody's yeah, I, looking at that now. We'll be with you in a minute, everybody. What? Well. Moving on, um, we got an announcement from Funko that their SDCC exclusives, and that's right, I said exclusives, um, are kind of teased in a list. They don't really uh, identify a lot of them. They just kind of give you hints. But um, if you're a uh, Funko collector, you may want to uh, may want to save up because if you want them all, it's going to cost you a pretty penny because there are 52 exclusives for Funko at SDCC. That's wow. ridiculous. 52. And they're all 15 bucks a pop? Yep. No, they some of them are 17. One of them, oh, that's a two-pack, and it's 30. So you're looking at uh, 800 bucks up. Yeah. Well, apparently there's a deal that if you pre-order them for Funko, you can get a little bit of a break, but... Um, yeah, I don't know. It's still a lot. There's some great stuff in the list, though. But why wouldn't they announce it? I don't understand. Like, wouldn't you be sort of putting together your list of things that you want? So why, why be so vague about it? Nah, I think they're, they're just you know building it up a little bit. And I'm sure as we get closer, they'll start to, you know, say what some of those are. Like hmm. the flocked wacky wobbler is waka waka waka. Yeah, I think we know who that I think is. We know that one. Yeah, Captain America. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I'm I'm hoping that the uh, DC Domo exclusive, the super secret pop, is a uh, Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> Just to tease poor Scott. Super secret pop. Super or maybe the super metallic one. Yeah. This extremely popular Marvel pop goes metallic. I don't think the pop means much, does it? But I can't, mean, can't imagine I'll be chasing many of these. No, but interesting that they would do that many. Mm. So, Anyway, that kind of finishes up our news for this week, unless you guys had anything come up in the last couple of seconds here. No. No, no. no. Eli, you're good? Um, unless we have seen the Dexter 3 and 3 quarter inch action figure in tin tote with blood slice box, blood slide box. <laughs> I think we saw that a couple of weeks ago, but I'm not 100% sure. Yeah. Well, that looks pretty cool. I will just um, put that somewhere you can see it. And um, 
That looks pretty cool. If we have talked about it, I don't care. I haven't seen this. <laughs> this looks awesome. And he has a sound chip with him too, huh? Yeah, but yeah. look at it. Good deal. Good the deal tin. for Dexter. The tin's very clever. Mm. Yeah, because that's where he keeps his slides, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, so you get the slide. The figure comes in the slide case thing, and then that case comes in the the, the metal tin, which looks like the air conditioner. So, okay, now we gotta quit quit calling them metal tins. Those are lunch boxes. We all know they are. Uh, uh, my lunch box is made of plastic, but anyway, very I'm cool. Old. Call that a lunch box. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we will we will move on to everybody's favorite podcast game. Name that. Right after this. My name is 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 Excuse me. My name is Can I have the attention of the class? For one second. My name is Well, it's time for everybody's favorite podcast game, just like I said. Um, time for name that. Every week I come on, and just like over at TV and Film Toys, I pop up pictures. You guess what they are. But since you can't look at pictures on a podcast unless you're listening to the enhanced one, um, this is audio sounds. So name of the game is to name what the sound's from. And last week we kind of heard a western-y kind of sound, which sounded a bit like this. Is my name Bold Adventure? Is my game Think of what you'd want to be, then call on me. I want to drive a Jeep. So, gentlemen, any guesses on what this sound is? No. I'm hoping it's anything Western. Unless it's, it's Sergi, Sergio Leone. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's not actually Western. It, it's hmm. actually um, an Action Jackson commercial. What? Yeah. Oh, you tricking trickster who tricks. Mmm, full of trickery. You, you remember Action Jackson, that famous toy no, line from the 70s? No. We didn't get them. No. They were kind of like a, a G.I. Joe, you know, uh, not knockoff, but a competitor. Ah, there you go. Hmm. So, hmm. not Mego, not, not G.I. Joe, somewhere in between. Well, anyway, after that spectacular round of name that we will we will move on to something else yeah i don't want to talk about that anymore john (laughs) yeah no i've obviously made you guys depressed now so um anyway we will move on and we will play this week's sound we will mr editor please put the sound here patrol when the rock slide shook so he tells his men i'm going in for a look then the mountain trembled suddenly and we will go one more time because you know (laughs) repetition's fun Patrol when the rock slide shook, so he tells his men, I'm going in for a look. Then the mountain trembled suddenly. And as always, you know, if you got a guess, come on over to the AFB forum because that's where where all of the name that action happens during the week. Um, you can check out the picture guesses and you can leave a guess for the audio one because everybody likes to do that. And if you get it, you will get a coveted forum point. So come on over and check it out. Hoorah! And coming up next is Ben with Toy of the Week. Let's see how he then likes your... Ouch! Spikes! 
Skeletor, Spike Orr, and He-Man figures each sold separately. Spike No one can stop the spike-studded armor of the mighty Spike Orr. Not even me, you muscle-bound porcupine. Not even you, He-Man. Spike Orr is new from the Masters of the Universe collection. Other action figures each sold separately from Mattel. Well, now it's time for one of our feature segments, Toy of the Week. Each episode, we take turns. We kind of look at different collectibles. Um, we take a deep dive into what we think about them. So this week, uh, Ben is monkeying around with the Toy of the Week, and Ben will tell us all about it here in a second. Go ahead, Ben. Thank you very much, John. All right, so um, I think uh, last week Elo was talking about how one of the Bandai Monster Arts um, Godzilla figures had piqued his interest, and he was uh, looking at obtaining one of those. So um, I thought that I would review something similar this week just to sort of stir him up that little bit more and get him interested. (laughs) Um, now, I have mentioned uh, a few times that I've been picking up the, the Godzilla uh, Monster Arts figures, um, and I even reviewed the um, the Monster Arts Godzilla a few episodes back. But um, this week I'm doing the Monster Arts King Kong figure from Bandai. Um, I've been waiting for this guy for months and months. I think, um, I mean, he was, we saw prototypes, you know, 12 months ago. Uh, I picked mine up from Hobby Link Japan. Um, mm-hmm. and he's been sort of coming soon on their website since about February this year, I think. Um, and you can pre-order, but I, I wanted to know how much postage was going to cost me. So sort of about every three days I'm sort of going on there and refreshing and waiting. And then finally it set in stock. And so I placed my order. So yeah, I was waiting for this guy for about three months. So as I said, it's from Bandai. It's King Kong. Now, um, interestingly, with the Godzilla figures, um, Godzilla has had different sort of phases over the years, depending on the the company that was producing the movies, and so a lot of the characters have been redone. And this version of King Kong is actually based on the Peter Jackson um, King Kong film versions. So even though Toho um, have different sort of King Kong. Um, versions that they could draw on. Um, they've gone with the Peter Jackson one. So this figure um, came out. He was actually meant to be out in April um, this year, April 2013, but um, he wasn't actually in stock until May, so that's when I picked him up. Now, as for the recommended retail price, um, I've seen prices online saying that the recommended retail was about $65. US um, You can pick him up for about $56 at Amazon. But I actually got mine through Hobby Link Japan where the um, the price on the website is 4675 yen. Um, Sounds which a lot. It does indeed, but fortunately <laughs> with the, the wacky Japanese and their, um, their extra zeros, um, that means the figure uh, set me back about $47. Um, plus postage, and um, that's that's pretty good considering that sort of 65-odd recommended retail. Um, and uh, the good thing is you can get charged in different currencies, so do your numbers and, and see which one comes out the best. Um, this figure continues the window box packaging that they've done with the, the previous series, so it, it fits in nicely with those. Um, it's a pretty large um, window box. You can actually see the figure from both the front and the sides. Um, lots of good detailing, like with a, an image of Kong and some nice big writing um, to indicate that it is actually King Kong, the eighth wonder of the world. Um, Lucky. 
Yeah, well, that's exactly right. In case you just sort of happen to notice this is a gorilla figure and, and hadn't quite worked it out. Um, there's a little bit more English writing on there, I think, just because of the, the fact that it's the Peter Jackson King Kong. But once you sort of get past the initial, um, you know, King Kong, Eighth Wonder of the World, it sort of descends into the usual Bandai um, uh, Japanese text. So once again, there's lots and lots of text that I can't convert, which possibly mentions who the sculptor was, etc., um, but, um, no, other than that, um, the figure is actually, um, collector friendly because of the, the tray within the window box is actually sort of like a clamshell. It, um, can actually be open and closed and all the sort of accessories come in little, little sort of tray areas. So, um, very, very collector friendly. You can pop him back in there, um, exactly as you got him. Um, so moving on to the actual figure itself, as far as the articulation goes, uh, this figure has, for, for the type of figure that it is, um, it has insane amounts of articulation. Um, one of the things I really need to give credit to, to Bandai is it's it's like they've really studied what a, a gorilla would look like as far as the poses go, and they've tried to then break down the articulation to meet those um those poses mm. and what they've done is created articulation that really suits the anatomy of a gorilla. So I, I just take some other articulation they already had. Exactly. So that they've really sort of gone, well, okay, if we wanted to get him into that position, how would we, you know, what kind of articulation would we use where, um, I started to count the articulation, but it just kept going and going. And then every time I thought I'd finished counting them, um, I sort of, found you know new articulation but there's probably at least there'd have to be over 40 points of articulation so um the head for example you can um obviously rotate the head slightly just the the way his his neck is makes it a bit hard but um his head actually lifts up and down um considerably so you can actually point his face to the skies if he's howling etc um his neck you know rotates a little bit the shoulders have the usual sort of um sort of oh, i guess it's a, a bit of a ball ball socket so the, the shoulders rotate up and down left and right um is in out but what's interesting is he actually has the um the double jointed elbows um but in addition to the double jointed elbows he gets that sort of bicep swivel where the bicep meets the shoulder but each of the double joints um, in the elbow also has a slight rotation to it, so you get that sort of extra level of movement um, in in the elbows. So the wrists are, are the same. They can actually be rotated left and right as well as swivelled. Um, the legs have the same kind of um, as, as the shoulders. You can sort of rotate them out, move them up and down. Double-jointed knees, uh, and because he's got such short legs, the double-jointed knees are actually quite handy for really getting that sort of squat look going. But um, and and again, each of those joints can be rotated um, as well as bent in the in the knees. The the feet are actually particularly impressive because not only do you get the ankle joint, which allows you to swivel, and you get the ankle rockers. He actually has articulated toes, so for when he's bent forward, he can actually still stay on the balls of his feet. So that's the sort of the, the usual articulation, I guess, is, is fairly normal, but, um, you know, except for that rotation in the, the double-jointed knees and elbows is quite unusual. But what's quite interesting is instead of just having a single sort of waist articulation, he actually has two um, articulation points in the torso. One's just under the chest, and that allows you to sort of turn him left and right, 
Um, but what it also does is you can actually rotate his chest sort of down and, and up. So when you want to do the, the Kong bellowing, you can sort of just push his chest up and, and really sort of arch that back and get it happening. But then you also get one um, right down in his lower belly, sort of almost near the groin, which really gives you that, that sort of good swivel as well. So it really just helps you get it into, um, you know, all those extra positions, I guess. So for the type of figure that it is, the, the detail in, and the articulation is, is just amazing. So just on the articulation, you said with the feet that um, the feet are actually articulated, not just the toes. Yeah, so you've actually, his, his four toes um, on each foot have a swivel, mm. just like you, you'd get with like a Marvel Legend, etc. Mm. But then the actual ankle um, swivels left and right, but then you've got the ankle rocker in it as well. So as the, the legs come in and out, you can actually adjust the ankle rockers to keep him sort of standing flat. But it actually looks like the there's an extra articulation point behind the ball of the foot. Yeah, there's actually, it's kind of, there's, oh, it's hard to describe, there's kind of two, basically. So you've got right at the very, where the toes join the foot, and to then the, sort of... The knuckles. Yeah, and then there's another one that's kind of halfway, um, halfway into the foot, I guess. Mm. So, um, yeah, it's very, very hard to describe. But effectively, there's there's two articulation points in the foot, and that's um, before you even get to the ankle. So that's crazy. It is. It's it's very handy. Very handy. You're trying to make me not buy this, aren't you? Not at all. <laughs> I think everyone should own this figure. Um, so anyway, moving on from articulation. So I think that that must take it into sort of the mid 40s. I think um, it would have to. Um, so the playability and posability is all kinds of fun, um, especially with the interchangeable pieces that I'll get to later. Um, if, if you look at some of the photos included with the podcast, you really can um, get those fantastic Kong poses that you want. So, for example, you can have him leaning forward and, and resting on his knuckles and so his, his feet you know, can still stay flat on the ground, but then you can get that great sort of Kong standing upright, chest out, um, you know, thumping his chest and roaring. Uh, it's, yeah, it's just sort of crazy the amount of poses that you can get him into. Now, as for the paint, um, well, you know, we can't get too excited here because you know, he's a black ape after all, so um, there's not a, a huge amount we can do. But um, it, it's kind of hard to describe. Like, he's obviously been cast in this, in this plastic and, um, you know, sort of touched up here and there. So you, you do actually get that... Um, I guess that sort of highlighted effect without it being too obvious, but I think that could be just the type of light that you're looking at him in. So, you know, you've got this, the, the sculpt itself um, has sort of thicker fur on the thighs, whereas the, the chest has got sort of almost a, a smoother appearance. So that, that sort of gives you different coloured lighting effects. Um, the sculpting is amazing. Like the, the level of detail in the teeth and the eyes um, are just fantastic. Um, he does actually have a little bit of colour in that he has been um, in injured, I'd say, by um, a, a T-Rex or something similar. So he has numbers of scratch marks and bite marks um, all over his body, including some huge sort of claw marks on his back, um, but also on the side of his face, etc. Now, as far as the, the paint apps, everything about this figure is just spot on. Um, the, you know, I mean, 
the, the level of detail they've put into the teeth and that. I mean, yeah, you know, there's some tiny amounts of slop, you know, with the gums and, and the teeth, but it, it's hardly noticeable um, unless you're really sort of looking for it. So the eyes are, are well done and they're, they're placed in the centre. Um, sort of the last thing I wanted to really talk about and, and focus on was the amount of accessories that you get with this figure. Um, it's just crazy. What you actually get is interchangeable faces. Um, it's not quite a whole head. It's um, it's probably two-thirds of a head, so interchangeable faces. And so Kong comes with three faces. There's the, um, I guess, the roaring one, which is the mouth wide open and, and you know, bellowing. There's the, um, the standard sort of Kong just staring, uh, mouth closed. And then there's the sort of um, relaxed Kong with a bit of a pose doing that sort of ooh-ooh-ooh type Kong sort of thing, all, all good fun. Um, I like the roaring one myself, but they, they snap on and off very easily. They, they, there's a, um, I guess, a, yeah, it's hard to describe, but um, there's even little instructions underneath that explain how to pop his head. They come on and off quite easily. They're quite firm and there's no problems with them sort of coming off. Um, he also comes with many hands. Um, he comes with eight standard hands. So you get in cl- um, closed fists, uh, so for, you know, banging on the chest. You get open hands, just sort of relaxed hands. You get the knuckle hands. Um, that's when he's leaning forward uh, and just sort of resting on his knuckles. And then you get uh, another set of hands with um, the sort of open hand or the, the holding hand, I guess. And that is because one of his other accessories is a, well, I guess it's probably more of a tree trunk knowing how big Kong is, but it's effectively a log that he can hold in his hand and, I don't know, whack your other action figures with. He might just, um, he might just chew on it. Well, that's exactly right. It could Clean be his teeth. Giant toothpick. Um, the one that I really need to mention here is there is actually a ninth hand and it's a... Um, it's sort of a closed hand holding a really small girl. Now, you know, you can sort of... She's she's not overly detailed, so it could pretty much be any... It's any, Naomi Watts. I can see it. Well, I was going to say it could be Hope Lang. It could be pretty much whoever you want, depending on who your favourite Kong is. Um, in all the solicitations you'll see for this figure... Um, this hand is not mentioned at all as an inclusion. And I've mentioned this in the past with the review of the Monster Arts Godzilla figure, that quite often when Bandai does a first run of these figures, there is actually a piece that's included that's not included in future runs of the figure. Um, so I mentioned pardon, that my Godzilla actually didn't come with his um, his energy breath, like his, his nuclear breath, but the original, the initial runs of the figure actually did. So I, I have a feeling that this is the extra um, that's not mentioned. So if you're really interested in getting this figure, I'd probably start to hunt one down. Otherwise, you'll miss out on that um, that little extra, which is actually quite well done. Um, probably the last thing to mention is that you actually get a fantastic stand um, with Kong. Like it's it's a really detailed Bandai stand that's. Um, very robust. Uh, it's quite a large stand. It's um, oh, it's probably at least sort of five inches across and um, has quite a good sort of claw for holding him in place. And um, for some of the more sort of intricate poses that you want to put him in, the, the stand goes a long way to actually helping him um, sort of stay in place. So I think the one thing I didn't mention is um, his actual the scale. And he's actually about... 160 millimetres tall, so 16 centimetres, about 6.3 inches, but you could probably stretch that if you wanted to sort of push out all the joints and really 
get them going, but that's just the sort of the, the standing there, Kong. It doesn't thing. sound very tall, but um, he's, he's quite chunky, isn't he? He is, he is. Um, just standing him next to a DC Universe Classics figure, and they're roughly the same size. So not particularly huge, but you certainly get um, the, the, the detail, the articulation, and the accessories. So that wraps up our Bandai Monster Arts King Kong figure, and this is going to upset Justin to no end, but I am actually going to give this guy a full 10 out of 10 because he he is, um, if he isn't my favourite action figure that I own, he must be one of the, the, the top five. Um, this figure is just sensational. Uh, I just have to hand it to Bandai. They've just absolutely nailed it. I am... Um... I, Looks fantastic, I did, really. I did spend a bit of time on the Hobby Link Japan site last week, and um, I did uh, did s- sort of stand on on this tab for a while and thought that looks really cool. <laughs> I did not order it. Well, I think everybody should, especially if you want the uh, the extra hand. Yeah. Well, everybody needs to get a hand every now and then. That's yeah. exactly right. I think, um, yeah, this the the. The posability is just amazing. I think that's the custom articulation that they've added to it, obviously, just makes it sort of fit for purpose. Yeah, absolutely. And there's just so many um, there's just so many possibilities. Like, you know, you can you can pick your favourite pose and so you can have the, the chest beating or you can have him sort of standing and ready to charge. I mean, there's a great promo shot where he's just sort of resting on his knuckles and and, and just got his mean face on, but you know, you swap that face on, uh, swap that face out for the um, the roaring one, and you know, you've got Kong issuing a challenge. Like it's, um, yeah, it's it's superb. Mm. Pretty fantastic. Well, I have to say, excellent job, Ben. Thank and you. That that will wrap up Toy of the Week. When we come back, we'll be talking about the new items we've added to our collections. Each sold separately, and you can put them in any crazy pose you want. That's the name, Each 12 and a half inch figure sold separately by me. Well, we're all here because we like to hoard stuff. Well, <laughs> collect stuff, we say, but much to the, you know, chagrin of our our significant others, we we call it collecting. So feeding the addictions, where we take time to kind of just see what we've got recently and uh we will first ask mr ben what what you picked up recently ben i picked up this pretty cool bandai monster arts uh king kong figure it's it's very cool i like it a lot i should talk about it sometime yeah tell us a little bit about it yeah no maybe another time another time but um i also got my uh infernal crisis wally west flash figure in the mail which yeah that's pretty cool i'm pretty happy with it hmm now, which one's Wally West? He's the... He was Kid Flash. Okay. He, he became Flash when when Dad Flash... Okay, Uncle Flash then, if you want to be specific. Um, he kind of de-flashed in the whole other Infernal Crisis. Or something yeah. to that effect. Yeah. That's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> that's it for me. That's good. That's... 
I, I don't, yeah, I don't even want to get into it. <laughs> anyway, Eli, um, looks like you may have pre-ordered something that I'm interested in. Eli? Yeah. I just had the uh, mute button on. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Five, four, this is going to be me. Three. Yeah, I, um, I, a couple of weeks back we talked about the sci-fi Revoltech Iron Man Mark I. This is the um, version of the Tony Stark's armor from the first Iron Man movie, um, where he hobbles together some bits of metal and the first version of his um, of his um, power source. So I just just couldn't couldn't avoid it anymore. I was getting worried that I might not get it if I don't pre-order it. So I spent a bit of time on Hobby Link Japan last week, as I mentioned, for the main purpose of getting this. But then I had a look at what else they had. So I um I've pre-ordered this one, and and I don't know how much it's going to cost when it's around. But I you know compared it to the postage costs of a few other things, and make sure I didn't do the automatic payment thing for when it's ready. So I can evaluated I guess a bit then I guess but I think it'll be all right for the what we're getting for that figure lots of detail cool but while I was there I did um, quickly buy a couple of other in stock items um, <laughs> one of them is a um, oh, not sure what scale it was but it's a little Revoltech uh, Sally from Monsters Inc oh. which comes with it comes with a little boot uh, so I'll be looking forward to getting that one. And something else I'm not going to tell you about just yet, but it might hark back to a, a previous um, red card of, of you, mine. You ordered some toilets, didn't you? No, not toilets. Actually, <laughs> I should have looked for the toilets. You've got to assemble them yourself. Yeah, uh, but uh, hob Hobby Link Paint Japan. Paint your own graffiti. Paint your own graffiti. Fonz was here and sit on it. For a good time, <laughs> call Scott at, oh. Yeah, we don't have 555 here. <laughs> what about you john well you know i hate you guys because of all the blind bag and blind box stuff we talk about and uh i've managed to pick up another doctor who titan and i had the lovely mrs nerd we were faced with a another you know bunch of them and i said pick one out and she happened to pick out a silence which was really cool because the other one i have is an ood and i like the silence and she did a great job picking it out so Cool. I have to see. Thank you for that. And uh, hopefully you have a review up this coming week for that. Um, the other thing I've got this week, and it's blind bagged as well, and it's a Lego Series 10 Bumblebee Girl. Jealous. I, I, you know, uh, to be honest, I was in the store. I was actually at a Meyer, um, which is a local chain. And uh, I had a whole, there's a whole bunch of them, and I'm going through them. And I felt the wings, and I thought it was a mermaid tail. <laughs> because I only felt part of it. And I was like, what in the world is that? So that's actually the only reason I got it. And I was like, oh, it all makes sense now. But uh, a really cool figure. And I actually do have a review of her up on TV and Film Toys already. So I have read it. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for coming over and reading it. Yeah, no worries. So. But uh, it's getting... It's, it's Somebody possibly said it's one of the, the best minifigures ever. I don't know if I'd go that far. But I think that's a big she, call. Yeah, I I think she's 
definitely pretty cool. And, and it's cool they made her a girl because, you know, you got the gorilla suit guy and the, the chicken suit guy. But to, to get a, a girl oh, is, yeah. is kind of cool. Mm. Good point. So. Good point. Nice. But, yep. So that's what I picked up. Mm. Pretty good. Well, if nobody has anything else they're going to report on since... Since Eli's keeping stuff secret. Yeah, and I was uh, only here last week. It's not like I would have bought much since then. <laughs> we will, we'll move on to our discussion topic of the week. You can make them fly or jump or crash your wall. Superhero action figures over seven inches tall. Each sold separately. Superman, Batman, Incredible Hulk. You can make them do their thing. Even make Spider-Man slide down a string. Lots of action for one and all. Figures over seven inches tall. These superhero action figures each sold separately. Batman, Superman, Incredible Hulk, and Spider-Man each sold separately by Miko. Well, this week for our discussion topic, we are uh, continuing our series of looking at the greatest toy lines of all times. And this week, um, I kind of picked, and I picked one of my absolute favorite toy lines, and that's Palisades Muppets. Um, from 2002 to 2004, there were nine series of these figures and playsets and stuff. And if you're familiar with Name That, uh, the picture version on TV and Film Toys, you would know that I use a lot of Muppet accessories in that. So you can guess that I'm a pretty big Muppet fan. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Palisades Muppets was the, the Palisades forum was the first forum I ever joined online. So, um, you know, there's a, a lot of, of history with me and the Muppets there. So, uh, really good line. Obviously, they're from mainly the Muppet Show and the Muppet Films. Um, but we'll, we'll get into that a little bit. And just to help us out on this episode, I asked, uh, my friend Mike Wycliffe, um, better known as Gray Matter Splat on Twitter to come join us because he is a huge Muppet fan. So, Mike, please say hi. Hello. And, uh, welcome to the show. And just, uh, thank you. Welcome you. You've actually been on before because you were one of the people I interviewed on my Jocon coverage. So, uh, welcome back, I guess. <laughs> well, thank you. You're, you're nearly a regular. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how I too, feel about that. <laughs> not too, not too well, he's kind of irregular, but that's. that's a I have different. plenty of brand in my diet. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, um, the the Palisades Muppets. That's that's what we're going to be talking about here for the next few minutes. And uh, now I got to ask you guys in Australia: Did were these real popular down there, or before we kind of get started, or were they kind of hit and miss? I I do remember seeing them when they first came out. I certainly remember you know series one first hitting, and I, I thought, wow, someone's making Muppets action figures. That's really cool. Um, and, but I mainly remember seeing them at game stores. Uh, they, there was a, a few stores in my local mall that um, were stocking these, but I, I don't really remember them seeing them sold through, you know, my, like my local comic store. Yeah, okay. I think it was. Um, they they all came out in the the era when I wasn't collecting anything, so I may have seen a few in passing. Uh, I do recall seeing a few in passing, but uh, not a lot. I do know that well, I, uh, one of the bigger Palisades board member guys was uh, from Perth. Mm. Uh, and uh, has everything, so he would have been. Wow. They were available, so yeah, he mm. would have been doing it tough though in Perth. Mm. I would imagine. Well, yeah. That's good to know. Um, but anyway, going it tough. Yeah. yeah well. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> going back to uh, spring of two thousand two. I mean, you, you look at the first fourth. You had uh, Kermit and Miss Piggy and Doctor Teeth and and Bunsen Honeydew, and 
you know, even from that first series, I, I think this line really started to shine because you, you got Kermit and Miss Piggy, which are naturals. But I mean, to have Dr. Teeth, he's probably not who anybody would have expected in a first wave. Um, nor Bunsen Honeydew, although he's a personal favorite of mine. So <laughs> mine too. Um, you know, I, and even back then, like the the Kermit, he has a uh, his his little mug that he used to have backstage with him and a TV camera um, and a stand. But you know, what what are some of the you think to these figures, Mike? What 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 really set this line apart? What makes you a fan? Well, for starters, uh, like you mentioned, their their attention to the detail on the accessories, whether it be Kermit's mug or you know Doctor Teeth who has a hat and a uh, uh, a keyboard, or if it's uh, uh, even Piggy's wardrobe, or you know they thought about things that would be good for the character, and then turned around and put out really quality stuff to you know. <laughs> words uh they put out really quality stuff that uh that actually fit the characters they were putting out um there's also things like with uh, as of series two i think they started putting magnets in the heads for hats oh, cool. so which is something nobody was doing so you know series one like dr teeth has uh a little a couple of little indentations on his head and then the the hat just sits there with a couple of pegs um, the series one tuxedo Kermit has uh, a hole in his head and the, the hat pegs in, but with series two, uh, like with Fozzie particularly was the first one, I think, um, he's got, there's a magnet in his head and a magnet in the hat. And so, you know, you put it on there and it doesn't ruin the aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, you, you can, you can have him up there with either the hat on or the hat off. And the only problem you might have is every great now and again, one of the magnets would get reversed in production. Um, and you have, you would have a hat that wouldn't want to go on, <laughs> but those are actually easy enough to, uh, you could dig the plug out of the hat pretty easily and yeah. uh, flip the magnet around. But, um, the play sets were also some of the best stuff I've ever seen come out of anywhere. Mm. Um, the Swedish chef play set, is gorgeous and apparently that has something to do with the fact that uh the production development manager uh, ken lilly used to design kitchens as a pre as a former job <laughs> yeah, that, you know that's that's something that really made this line shine especially in the beginning um the the one i actually like the least is even pretty cool and that's actually the muppet labs the first one um but it came you know it's got great detail to it. It's just, it doesn't remind me of Muppet Labs as much as the, the next couple of sets really, really nailed it. It was a little but, darker. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, even that came with like the gorilla detector, which is like spot on. If you've seen that. episode. um, yeah. Yeah. you know, all the details are there for, you know, even the play sets and, and that kitchen play set, there are so many accessories with that, that it's just, it, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. Crazy. Well, I, think, I think I, I think I spent an hour just unpacking the accessories <laughs> and looking at them all. I think what's amazing for me, sort of looking back over this line and just being able to sort of scroll through all the, the you know, the pictures of figures, is you know these days accessories are pretty short on um, for a lot of you know lines, and I think the the license uh, of the Muppet Show. I mean, if it, if it piqued your interest as an action figure line, you'd you'd be sold 
just on the idea of having a really nice Kermit action figure and a nice Fozzie Bear action figure. But to put in accessories, that's a bonus. But to put in accessories uh, of quality and, and scale, I mean, you look at some of these these pieces, like that camera that comes with, with Kermit, you know, it's no small piece. And, you know, you've, you've got, um, you know, Piggy's sort of dressing table and, you um, you know, Rolf comes with the the Beethoven Buster, etc. Like they're you know they're not um, insubstantial pieces. No, and they all made sense for the character. That that's what I loved about them is when you got an accessory, you know, it wasn't oh we just took this from random accessory and repainted it and put it with this character. They they all made sense. You know, when you got an accessory, it wasn't like just a random prop from the stage it, you know you got with fozzy you got a rubber chicken or you know with uh um pepe the the pizza box it just it just made sense you know all the way around mm. all things that you're actually likely to pose them with and have with the figure unlike the the accessories that you just have in the um the plastic tub the yeah, Electric yeah, Mayhem yeah. stage was the second playset and it's basically a big accessory for animal uh, I mean, it's got a huge drum set. It's got light. I mean, it has individual lights that you can pull off and pose anywhere on the stage because <laughs> the stage has actual railing like a real stage. Mm. And there's places for everybody to kind of stand. Well, there's small places for everybody to kind of stand, uh, but you can kind of fan them out in front. And it's there's just a lot of just detail. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I yeah. think one of the things that stands out for me for this line is, you know, the, the, the character selection is just amazing. And, and I think the way the lines, you know, the waves were released was actually quite clever. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, you know, Kermit and Fozzie and Piggy, you know, they're all the, the big characters and everyone wants them. But the some of the, um, you know, the, the characters they chose for, you know, say in, in series two, you get a crazy Harry action figure. And I mean, okay, he's probably not the most popular character, but, but if you were sort of looking over the pegs and you saw that figure, you'd be like, oh, that's pretty cool. That's, that's the dude that's always blowing stuff up. That, that's pretty cool. I got to have that guy. Yeah. I, I think that, you know, every one of these figures is somebody's favorite Muppet. Mm. You know, when it comes down to it, I mean, I'm sure there are crazy Harry fans. I'm sure there are New Zealand fans out there. Um, <laughs> There just have to be because, you know, every one of in in like you look at some of these waves. There's no there's no piggy. There's no Fozzie. There's no Kermit. But you know they still didn't sit on shelves very long. So, um, you know that's just fantastic. They I mean, wouldn't sit on shelves very long these days either if they are there. No, no, that's for sure. Um, you know, some of them were a bit difficult to get, especially those early ones. I know that I ended up resorting to eBay to get a Fozzie because I never did find one on the shelves. Well, um, speaking of keeping them on the shelves, how at the time, how did they measure up as far as the, the retail price, to, you know, to the things on the pegs around them? I want to say they were approximately 10 bucks. That's uh, 10 about to 15. Right. Um, and... And that's on top of having a hard time getting retailers to go Muppets. I'll buy those. Mm-hmm. Um, they uh, they they had they got into Toys R Us for the first couple of lines, uh, and then that was all Toys R Us was interested in. Even though I saw them at Toys R Us twice, and that's yeah. all I ever saw. 
um, they did not sit around, but uh, they had a hard time. I think they got back in at one point, but uh, um, you know, Toys R Us didn't really care. Um, Meyer, which is a, a local to the Midwest, I think is the place that carried them the longest as far as retail goes. Um, and even Meyer, like I said, there's like it, it goes from Michigan down to uh, Indiana. Illinois and, and Ohio. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of mine came from uh, Suncoast. Because uh, Suncoast carried them here. But I, I actually that... started resorting to just ordering full cases from uh, online retailers. So that was even an early. I mean, I hear more and more of that today, but that's probably an early example of that. Yeah, oh, yeah. it was. Yeah. And at the time, it kind of hurt uh, because, you know it was full cases of things and I was, you know, 20 years old, but <laughs> <laughs> young and <laughs> yeah, well, uh, I was a little older than that, but, uh, uh, and I forgot what I was going to say, never mind. <laughs> well, That's one other thing. Sorry, go Elon. I was just going to say, but it, it's just hard to, you know, like, like you said, John, like every single one of these is probably somebody, somebody's favorite character. I just cannot imagine any of these figures being a peg warmer. Mm. The only one that I remember seeing on the pegs quite a bit was the, the Johnny Fiamma um, and the Clifford. Clifford didn't sell well. You know, obviously a character from Muppets Tonight. He's, you know, not a classic Muppet. Um, and Johnny, I believe, was Muppets Tonight as well. So, uh, yeah. you know, they didn't quite sell as well. It didn't help that both of them had uh, variants, and, and that was something I wanted to kind of mention uh, as well in the pros, pro and con. Um, a lot of variant figures in this line and a lot of exclusives um, to different folks. That's one of the things I actually wanted to ask is the, you know, as, as collectors, how, how far did you guys go to chase down exclusives? Is it something that that you were interested in uh, and you'd, you'd pick one up if you saw it? Or was it something that, you know, you were, you know, murdering people during the night to, to steal their exclusive? I have almost every exclusive they put out. I'm missing a couple of the industry giveaways. Wow. So I chased them down a little bit. I even have one of the Philly um, Dr. Teeth. Oh, <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> of course, I got it for trading one of those George the Cool figures from uh, Celebration 2 uh, to Ken Lilly, but uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I've got a few of them, and I, you know, we mentioned the, the Palisades Forum. It was actually a pretty active forum at the time. And um, their collector's club actually did quite a few things. And when you join the collector's club, like, like when I did, because um, I joined to get the, which one was it? The um, Invisibility Cream Beaker, I think. Oh, yes. Yep. Um, I actually got a bonus of getting a Invisible, which is the fully translucent one that, that came in a baggie. Um, so, I mean, it was kind of a neat neat thing uh, and a lot of those were available you know kind of to the collectors club members which was which was cool you know it really made you feel like okay this, mm. this is worth the the money for being in a club um but there's a ton of exclusives i've got the the penguins um i've got some of the paint variants i've got sweetums 
Uh, I've got some of the Toy Fair variants as well. Wow. I don't think I have the vacation. That must have been crazy for, for sort of, you know, fans with, you know, that obsessive compulsive, you know, need to get them all. That would have um, been really difficult to chase some of those down. <laughs> it wasn't as hard as you would think because they tried to make them available to people. Um, even if it was an exclusive, they would try and find a way to make it available through the website yeah. um, or through the collector's club. Because uh, even the the exclusives, I I'm trying to remember because it's been a while now. But I think it would be after a certain point they could offer them to the club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. All right. Well, um, what what are some of your favorites? Uh, I'm actually sitting here looking at, at probably my favorite. It's uh, Kermit the Frogs as Indiana Jones. <laughs> And it's spectacular. He's got the the shoulder bag and the whip, and and he's even got a holster with a little gun in it, uh, which uh, and he, I mean, it's 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 Kermit the Frog dressed like Indiana Jones. Yeah, I mean, and it's just gorgeous. Uh, the hat's magnetic again. Um, That's win win. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, and he's got the little Gonzo idol as well too. They can't forget. Yes. That's right. Yes. <laughs> what, yeah, what about you, John? Wow, um, I really don't even know because I, I love them all, you know, so much that, uh, you know, I've got Statler and Waldorf, and I had to make a balcony for them um, <laughs> as, as a diorama piece. I keep telling myself one of these days I'm going to do that. And then, uh, you know, I, in Mike's scene, I, I did a Muppet sign, a Muppet Show sign, you know, and that's actually hanging above my collection with with Gonzo in it. So, um, you know, I. I'd have to probably say that, that Bunsen might be my favorite just because he's one of my favorite characters. Uh, Fozzie's a close second, though, probably. Mm. That Sweetums figure would um, would be a, a good one. It's, he's actually, it's a pretty great figure. He's really well done for the size that he is. He's a He's, he's got a articulated facial bits, doesn't he? Yes. Yeah, he's got an opening. His eyes go up and down. and Mouth. Animals' eyes go up and down as well. Uh-huh. Not a lot of people realize that when they see him, but yeah, his eyes are are actually have like a little lid you can open and close to get the different animal expressions. <laughs> Sweetums is uh, one of the bigger figures in the in the actual Muppets. How do the is there a, a consistency in the scale? Yeah, actually, there is. Wouldn't you say, Mike? Yeah, um, they're as consistent as characters that widely vary in size can be. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm sitting here looking. Um, Kermit is about three quarters the size of the Swedish chef, mm. who's also sitting on my desk here as I'm talking to you guys. Um, and they're, uh, but Doctor Teeth is only slightly smaller, slightly larger than Kermit. Mm. Um, but then Sweetums, uh, who's actually in the other room. Um, is about eh, three and a half, four inches taller than the Swedish Chef. Mm. So he was actually boxed and sold separately. He was a he was a big deal when he came out. I think he was an online retailer exclusive. Wow. Yes, he was. He was to. Um, oh my God! Cheap figures online. Yeah. Who yeah. no longer exist? I don't believe. Yeah. Um. You know, even the the chickens. You know, Bernice and her her friends. You know, they're a certain size compared to Gonzo, and Gonzo is, you know, shorter than Kermit. And Pepe's, you know, Pepe and Rizzo are both 
very very small figures. So, but none yeah, of I mean, them really seems that off. No, I mean, there's none of them that when you see them together, you go, "Oh, well, Gonzo's five times the size." Jeez, didn't they think about that, idiots? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure there's yeah. some cheating going on, but it's not really all that noticeable unless you're really thinking about it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's actually when you see them in a group, it's kind of nice because it's not like looking at a group of say. Um, six inch or three and three quarter inch figures where everybody's kind of the same uniform height. You, you've got this variation in character size and scale. And, um, you know, it, it really makes for a nice display. So talking about pros and cons then of the line, I mean, you know, I mean, obviously the pros are going to speak for themselves, but, but what are the, the pros for you guys? I think they're really the big... well engineered. Oh, go ahead. Oh, you can go ahead. I think they're all really well engineered. You know, not mm-hmm. only are the, the accessories well engineered, but the figures themselves are well engineered. Like Kermit, they didn't try and put, you know, wrists or elbows into a really small figure. You know, they tried to be smart with the articulation. Yeah, okay. But then when they turned around and did the Indiana Jones Kermit or the uh, the Coosbane Reporter Kermit, um, when they could put him in a trench coat or something else that made sense, they could give him wrists and knees and ankles. And, uh, he, so he's got all the appropriate stuff as soon as they can put them in. No, that's mm. pretty, uh, that's pretty special. So they're, they're doing a lot of retooling for every figure. Uh, whenever yeah, possible. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot but that of, that was part of why they here. did so many exclusives too. So many repaints. Um, mm. And even then, you know, some of the repaints they did, you know, like Clifford was one of the ones that had more than one. And like John mentioned, he, he doesn't, he didn't always sell very well, but because there were two different ones, um, there would be some of that that got ate up, eaten up by, uh, the fact that, uh, um, well, I have to have both of them. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think one of the, the obvious pros for this line is, is the character selection, um, it's it's huge. Uh, I think oh. just sort of looking through the um, you know the the group picture on our on our link here, um, they really did get a considerable way through um, the character list. Oh yeah, yeah I remember sure. um, they they would talk they were they would always talk about having to have an anchor figure for each for each uh, uh, series, and as they were getting close to where we all thought they were going to end. We were a little concerned that we weren't ever going to get Rolf as a, mm-hmm. as his standard version because he came out in like series three um, in a tuxedo. Yeah, but we never got the standard Rolf, and there was a lot of sweat on the uh, uh, on the forum. And then they announced the backstage playset, and it was going to have regular Rolf, and every and even though that one was kind of pricey, um, there were a lot of people that bought it just for Rolf. Yeah, although. Okay. You, buying that thing just for Rolf, you don't end up buying it just for Rolf because it's gorgeous. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird. that that is like the anchor of it should be. You know, if you're a Muppets fan um, and you're collecting these, that should be the anchor of any any collection that you have because it's that, it's gorgeous. It's mm. gorgeous. It looks spot on. I mean, it's cheated scale wise somewhat, but w- when you see it, it you, you recognize it. And, yeah. and, you know, all the wood is grained in it, and uh, there's little pegs all over it for hanging accessories. So, and there's little know, accessories all over it to hang. 
Yeah. <laughs> so all these accessories that you've collected, you can have some place to put them, and it's just, you know, it's fantastic. Yeah. I think one of the other pros, too, has to be just the really obvious passion that was put into this line. Um, someone obviously did it for for the love of the characters and and so much so that, you know, to, to actually bring out a Jim, a Jim Henson action figure uh, as well is just amazing. Do you have the Jim Henson, Mike? I do, actually. Um, and the, the one of the cool things about the Jim Henson figure is that uh, uh, it was actually done originally... Oh, I've got to try and remember how to do this. It was there was a, a country trio that showed up on the the Muppet Show, and and uh, one of the one of those characters was a Jim Henson, uh, a Muppet that looked like Jim Henson. Mm. Uh, I think uh, I don't remember who the other two were, to be honest. Um, but they but were both puppeteers as well, I believe. I think so. I, I want to say that one of them was Jerry Nelson, but I don't remember who the other one was. Um, but they did it as a figure for the Brooklyn Academy of Music um, for a Muppets Music and Magic event. Um, and afterwards, they put it up uh, up on their website. But uh, uh, it was done for a special Jim Henson event. Wow. Uh, and that was the main reason for its existence at all. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. The- the Rainbow Connection figure as well, it was done for something special. It was done for a charity, wasn't it? Yes. I don't remember which one offhand. It had to do with um, one particular kid that they found. They, they I don't remember. Cooper Perry Foundation. Um, but I can't. It, was, it doesn't say. Yeah, it was a family it. friend for Mike Horn, I think. But Yeah. I, I can't believe there's an accessory of a talking cabbage. <laughs> yes. Well, the, there, there's a banana, isn't there? There's yep. been uh, there's tomatoes. A there's a cake. <laughs> the cake is awesome. The cake's actually on it my desk. It is not a lie. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a cake shows up. There's a, a box of chocolates with Gonzo. Um, one thing about the repaints that you saw was they would not only repaint the figure, but the accessories would get different paint and colors as well. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if like Clifford's Still chair, like the kitchen a little better. <laughs> yeah. But like Clifford's chair and with his repaint is two different colors. So not only, you know, it's not like they just repainted the figure and popped them into a blister. They actually thought out the whole package as a repaint. Mm-hmm. Plus now Which, it gives you another chair that you can put a different character in. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, the, the sort of, you know, glowing comments for this line, but I guess, you know, what what are some of the cons for this line other than the fact that it ended? There's a couple um, of the figures that are really hard to get. <laughs> now, is that, you know, is there a is there a fault there, like, you know, that lies with someone about, you know, distribution or was it deliberately made to be a, um, you know, limited edition? Mm. The ones that I don't have that I would like to get, well, one of them is Zoot, who is the saxophone player. Mm. I, I don't have one of those because I've never seen one cheap enough to, to snap up. I, and I don't know why. Do you remember why he was so hard to find, Mike? Um, I seem to remember it just was a matter of everybody wanted the, the band. Yeah. And so, you know, even though he there weren't really much in the way of peg warmers, um, 
it uh, it was getting towards the end, wasn't it? I, I'm trying to remember when Zoot came out. Um, it was like series two. Oh no, he was series three. Yeah, I'm sitting yeah. here looking at it now. Um, well, there were there were two different colors. I don't remember why he was so hard to find. He wasn't. I, I mean, I've got both the colors. So, matter yeah, of fact, I, I think... remind me later. I might have a spare. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll talk. Uh, about I that. actually have. I actually have. I, I I still have in the package uh, series one Kermit and Piggies because uh, I there was a point where as soon as any time I saw one I bought it. <laughs> oh, that makes sense. Very good. Makes sense. Uh, and I have like I still have a Statler and Waldorf I think also. Uh, oh wow! But I don't know exactly what I have. I, I because I was buying cases at one point. Um, there's some stuff that I just have a spare of that I've never opened. Excellent. So you say, you know, there's some figures that are really hard to get, but I've had a cursory look on eBay, and they all look pretty hard to get. <laughs> they are now. Uh, they haven't been made in like 10 years. Yeah. There's some ridiculous prices on some of them. Yeah, if, if you look up Zoot, he'll be he'll be up there. And Lips. <laughs> Lips is the other band member that came out in Series 9, which was the last series. So, um, you know, he... And he was the... The lesser-known band member, too. He was the trumpet player. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I don't have him, but I don't necessarily... You know, I never thought of him as being necessary, but that's just me. The the really hard-to-get ones... Part of the, part of the problem that uh, uh, the collectors ended up with is that because Palisades was so open about all of their information, and they really were just a great company... They were they were what I if Mattel did did things the way that Palisades does things I'd still be buying uh, DC action figures, uh, <laughs> but uh, uh, but because they were so open, um, there are some things that people know about that normally you wouldn't necessarily know about um, that they wanted, like uh, when when the when, when Ken Lilly got married they did a a wedding set. Um, it was just a couple of repaints. They got special permission from uh, Henson to do uh, uh, to just do it as a set. And it was a giveaway at his wedding. Mm. Um, but because people found out about it, people decided that even though this was a special one-off thing that was done and not for sale in any way, shape, or form, that they had to have it. Uh, and so there are actually there there are a few of them that are out there um they did make a few of them available somehow and i don't remember now what it was i i actually don't have one but it also doesn't bother me um because i'd rather just the fact that i'm friends with ken lilly so <laughs> yeah yeah well, what are some of the cons for you mike what um was there anything um, that annoyed you about the line not particularly uh it, there's definitely a, a quality change, even from Series 1 to Series 2, um, where they really got the hang of it. Um, so, you know, Series 1, even though it's, it, you know, it, it, it's got great stuff. Uh, John mentioned that the Muppet Labs isn't, isn't the best action, or in the best playset, and he's right. I mean, they uh, they didn't really have it down pat yet. Um, and so I kind of wish they could have gone back and, and, and redone Piggy. Um, or, uh, maybe even Dr. Teeth, but, you know, they just didn't last long enough to do that. Um, the availability was a bit of a problem until I started ordering cases. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, um, 
I, I think one of the one of the biggest cons may have ended up being that they told us so much that we now know so much about what they were planning and what they didn't get to do. You know, they were supposed to do a uh, uh, a happiness hotel set. They were supposed to do the uh, um, the bus, um, just and the Sesame Street line that didn't come to be yeah, makes yeah. me so sad. And that's exactly. one of the biggest cons is just knowing what could have been. Well, yeah. well, that's a, a, an interesting point, and and you know you mentioned the unreleased um, Sesame Street figures. Now those prototypes obviously exist, and I, I guess you know the one of the things that sort of did Palisades in in, in the end was sort of the the costs around tooling and and that sort of thing. But um, you know all these molds and and stuff must exist. So I, I'm surprised that somebody hasn't attempted to sort of pick them up and and reissue them. Well, Grover actually got made, sort of. They did the Super Grover. Uh, that's the only one that ever got produced, because uh, I have one that I'm sitting here looking at. But uh, and it actually, the cover for the box was was done by Alex Ross, yeah. who <laughs> is a right. huge yes. Muppets fan. Yes. Uh, and I I remember I was actually at one of the shows in Philadelphia with them, and. I'm standing there talking to Ken and he's standing there talking to somebody else. And we have like a 15 minute discussion about Muppets. And then I suddenly realized, Oh wait, that's Alex Ross. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But you know, they, they, they did a, fra- a gobo fraggle that never got produced. Um, but there's the, just the so vet- much stuff that would have been awesome. The veterinarian's hospital. I would have killed for a playset for that. Mm. Looking at the figures. Yep. So, Given that there's there's so much love for the characters, there's so much love for the line, etc. Um, you know, why isn't it that that another company hasn't picked up all the, the molds, etc., and and started to reissue them? My guess would be the same reason that Palisades had to stop doing the Muppet figures to begin with. Disney. Ah. Uh, when yeah. Disney bought the Muppets, is when Palisades license went away. Right. It wasn't actually lack of sales that caused them to stop making them. Of course, it was the mouse, I, which I don't. I mean, understand. lack of sales didn't help, but uh... mm-hmm. yeah. But I, I don't see. It's too bad because the whole Muppets property has been treated just poorly until the recent film, I think. And even then, I don't know that it was, you know, brought out as much as it could have been. Yeah. Um, to, just because I think there's so much love and so much potential there. I mean, who doesn't love the Muppets? I mean, whether you're a kid or, you know. Uh, you know, an adult. Yeah, everybody loves them. So mm, mm, that's wrong. Yeah, yeah. What a shame. I mean, it would have been nice for Disney to go. Oh, yeah, put some high quality stuff in our parks as an exclusive instead of some of the stuff that we we put in here normally. Mm. Well, see, the thing about Disney, though, if you think about it, you know, when Disney bought Marvel, um, suddenly comics that. Uh, uh, there's a company called Boom Studios that had been doing Disney comics and were doing a wonderful job with them. They did a Muppets comic. They were doing Darkwing Duck. I mean, it was just good stuff. And, and now the, that Disney owns incredible. Marvel, mm. nobody's Boom Studios isn't doing Disney comics anymore. Yet somehow, mysteriously, um, the rest of that Incredible series, uh, the rest of the Muppets series that was done but hadn't been released through Boom, came out through Marvel. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, Disney likes to put out their own stuff and not not farm things out as much as possible. Yes, and their stuff's just not as good that they're putting out, though. Well, that's why I keep expecting to hear, especially now that 
Disney owns Marvel, who ha- and Matt Hasbro has the master toy license for Marvel. Hasbro has the master toy license for Star Wars. Mm. And I keep expecting to hear that Disney has bought Marvel. Or, I'm sorry, that Disney has bought Hasbro. I keep expecting to hear it. That rumor went around not too long ago. But it didn't seem to come to happen. Well, there was also the expectation that um, Marvel were going to start publishing Star Wars comics again, but that doesn't seem to be happening too soon. I think their license, the license has, still has a few years left on it. Yeah, I think yeah, Dark Horse has got about 18 to. months. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Mm, well, I am certainly glad to a certain extent that this wasn't on my radar um, when I was not collecting anything. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't know where I would store all these things. <laughs> um, I have a lot of them up on some bookcases in my bedroom, um, but then I have others that are, in fact, in boxes, and it hurts me a little that they are, but uh, I just don't have the room to put them out. Mm. You know, Palisades tagline was always open your toys, and this is a Play line with that it. has to, yeah, you know, this, this is, uh, um, definitely a line you need to open and play with, and it's, you just can't leave them in the blister. Mm. I actually still have some of my Palisade t-shirts that just say play with it on the front. (laughs) (laughs) Fantastic. Very good. All right. Well, that's been great, Mike. Thanks for coming on. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Well, Mike, why don't... I I mean, you've you've definitely expressed uh, a lot of things that I couldn't have, so um, thank you for coming on. But tell, tell us a little bit about yourself and where we can find you. Um, well, I, uh, I'm a co-host of a, a podcast called Traumatic Cinematic, uh, where we come in and talk about, you know, whatever bad movie of the week it is. Uh, <laughs> I think the, the one we released this past week was, uh, um, Cemetery Man, uh, even though last night we recorded Cabin Fever. Um, <laughs> we're getting ready, uh, we're getting ready for a, uh, there, there's a big, uh, convention here in town called Days of the Dead. Um, and so the month of June, all the episodes that we put up are going to be related to, um, people that are going to be at that show. Um, and so, you know, we did Phantasm cause Angus Grimm and Don Coscarelli are going to be there. Oh, cool. And, uh, uh, we did Cabin Fever cause some of those guys are going to be there. Uh, the big one for me is that, uh, uh, I think next week we're doing, uh, Godzilla versus the Smog Monster because Haruo Nakajima is going to be there. <laughs> the wow. guy in the Godzilla suit. Um, and that's, that's the one that makes me happy, but we're traumaticcinematic.com and other on Twitter at green matter splat. And that's about all I do anymore online. Fantastic. Well, I will say thank you again. And, uh, it's definitely been fun. I think we've made a pretty good case for the Muppets being the greatest toy line of all time. And, um, you know, if somebody wants to dispute that, please come online and, and comment at the forum for sure. You can try. You can try. That's right. You can try. (laughs) So, Excellent. Anyway, that'll wrap up our discussion topic, and we'll be right back to close out the show. Luke Skywalker handles his saber well, Ben Kenobi. You should know, Yoda. Yes, I've been the Jedi Master for 800 years. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately. Beep, 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 beep. It's okay, R2-D2. I've got my laser pistol. Hold it, Luke. They're afraid of your snake, Yoda. You have nothing to fear. The Force is all around us. Yoda and other action figures each sold separately from Star Wars, the Empire Strikes Back collection from Kenner. Well, gentlemen, I'd say another fantastic show. Um, thank mm-hmm. you for, for spending some time with me and, and talking about Muppets because I really love that part. Thanks for hosting. I um, had my eyes opened about the, the Muppets, like I, like I mentioned. 
it wasn't really on my radar, sort of Uh-oh. as a good good thing or a bad thing. Yeah, it's it's one of those lines that you know I only own sort of about three figures, and I'd love to own more. And every now and then I go in and have a bit of a look, and uh, just <laughs> forever tempted. Hundred dollars for this, hundred dollars for that. Yeah, that's what um, that's what throws me back to reality. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, because the ones I'm missing are about that much, so I understand. <laughs> but anyway, it was a great show, um, and thank you to all the listeners for coming and listening and joining us. We appreciate you guys always coming over and listening. And with that, we will say good night, goodbye, good morning, depending on where you are. Goodbye, good night. Contact me if you can help me with the Thunderbolts. Love you all. Toodaloo. What? What do you need help? Call- oh, the Thunderbolts, yeah. I thought you wanted help with Thunderbirds. I <laughs> know. Uh, uh, call your mother. Yeah. That's Scott's thing. And uh, play, with, play with your toys, not with yourself. Mm. Eat your dinner. And your, all your vegetables. Eat your veggies and fight crime. Uh, bye. Bye. <laughs> bye. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and downloaded direct at actionfigureblues.com by clicking on the podcast tab. If you do listen to us on iTunes, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join in with all of the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, new releases, old lines, and engage in trades and sales in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please don't forget to check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, ShelfLife.net, and the Pop Culture Superstore, who help keep our site running. You can also find us on Twitter at AFBlues and on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. Last week, we kind of heard a western-y kind of sound, which sounded a bit like this. Are we meant to go insert a silly sound here? Yeah. Yeah. yeah just right. leave a little space for him so he knows where it is. There you go. <laughs> right. That works. Yeah. It's a bunny, in case you didn't pick it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet. Yeah. We'll move on and we will play this week's sound. We will, Mr. Editor, please put the sound here. <laughs> oh. And we will go one more time because, you know, <laughs> repetition's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> this podcast was brought to you by the Big Top Network.